Hey, good morning, Eastridge. Glad you're here today and glad you survived Snowmageddon. You know, I was telling the first service that, you know, we canceled service because everybody else was canceling and it seemed like the thing to do. And about 7.30, I texted Brad and Scott and Trey. I said, y'all got any snow out there? They're wanting a flake. You know what I'm talking about? I thought, oh my gosh. But anyway, it snowed about 10 flakes. And so I felt justified in that decision, y'all. We made the right call. Anyway, no, I'm glad you're here. Hey, we are in our uh, series, Radically Normal, where we're talking about that Jesus was a radical. And the word radical means far-reaching. It means extreme, uh, out of the ordinary. And that's who Jesus was. And not only is that who Jesus was, that's who Jesus calls us to be. That he's calling you and I to be radicals. That we're to be extreme. We're we're to be out of the ordinary. We're to be far-reaching. And this ought to be normal in our lives. And with first week, we looked at radically normal faith, that, that if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you take steps of faith. You just step out in faith, and you may think, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sink here, but Jesus Christ is going to catch you. And then last week, we talked about radical love, that we're going to love people, that it's just going to be this, this thing that we do, that we're going to love people and uh, love them enough to bring them to Jesus, but love them in whatever circumstance or situation they're in, that that's going to be the normal sign. When people think of Jesus' followers, we're going to think, man, they love people. Well, today we're talking about radically normal forgiveness. Has anybody ever uh, seen Man vs. Wild? You ever watch that show? Bear Grylls? Anybody? Who doesn't who does have any idea what I'm talking about here? Okay, that's okay. We'll get you a TV. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we'll get you a TV one day. You can YouTube it. All right. Anyway, you can do it on your phone. All right. Anyway, Man vs. Wild. Bear Grylls is a uh, Special Forces UK guy, and he, what, the, what the show is is that they drop him off in these places that are extreme, and he's got to work his way back to get out. Like he'll be up in the mountains out in the middle of nowhere, or the desert, or he'll have to cross some great divide, and it's just him and whatever he has. It just, you know, it just, it's just him. And it's kind of an extreme episode um, in a series where you're watching this stuff, because sometimes I'm watching, I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. And, and one episode in particular, I'll tell you two, I'll give you two, that way you might want to watch it. Anyway, I'll get some credits. Anyway, so, after I tell you, you're like, I'm not watching that. But anyway, in one episode, he's in the desert, and he's trying to teach you how to survive. And I'm thinking, one, I don't need this, I'm not going to be in no desert. <laughs> That ain't happening. But anyway, and he's dehydrated. And the only way to survive is to drink his own urine. And I'm thinking, well, that's not going to happen either. I'll die <laughs> in the desert. But I remember the show because it, it's extreme. That's, that's, that's far-reaching. And I'm watching it. Well, the other one is, is that he's, he's out in this wilderness and it's freezing cold. And he's got to cross this river. And so he has to go into the river like it, super cold, going in the river, and he crosses the river. His clothes are soaking wet. And so he tells us, he says, I've got, I've got to get these clothes off in the next 30 seconds to a minute or, or I'm going to freeze to death. So he starts, not, this was, they didn't show it, that's not why I remember it, but they, they did show him taking his clothes off that he was going to be warmer naked than he would be with his clothes because they were wet. And I remember that. Well, when I think about forgiveness, I think about man versus wild because what happens with forgiveness is that we land in places that we don't want to be. But we really don't like the decision-making process to get out of it. 
Sometimes when it comes to forgiveness, we stay stuck because the choice of getting out just doesn't seem that appealing to us. And that's what makes it difficult. Well, I'm going to do two kind of disclaimers about forgiveness, and then we're going to jump into the story. The first is this. Everyone has forgiveness issues. Everyone. And they kind of compound as you get older. I'm just going to, that's not good news for anybody who's young. But they do. Because you'll have more and more things happen to you, or you'll do more and more things. But everybody has forgiveness issues. I'm just going to, we all land in these camps. Listen, you've had someone say something to you that hurt you. Yes or no? You've had someone do something to you to hurt you. Yes. Yeah, we have. We have everybody in here. It, it, it may have been when you were in second grade. It may have been when you were five. It may have been last week. It may have been on the way over here. Get in the car. Come on. Go to church. Get happy. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but then you flip it over. If you're honest, you've all said something to somebody that hurt them. Maybe over and over again. We've all done something to someone that's hurt them. Maybe over and over again. Everybody has forgiveness issues. Nobody gets out of this one. I'm just telling you, they don't. You don't get out of this one. What Jesus is teaching and he's talking about um, how to correct people when they've wronged you. He's talking and he's teaching on this. And, and right after he's done with his teaching, he uses this phrase, if someone sins against you. This is the phrase he uses. If someone sins against you, when he uses that phrase, well, right after that, we get this scripture right here. Peter, he hears this teaching. He immediately goes to forgiveness issues. He immediately goes to Peter. Then Peter came to him right after the teaching. Peter comes to him and says, and asks, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Now, I don't know if Peter got in a fight with his wife that morning. I don't know. I don't know if the disciples were making fun of him because he couldn't walk on water that good. I have no idea. But he immediately goes to forgiveness. Now, I'm going to stop right here. And we'll be really transparent. I've not always been a good husband. There have been times where I was really harsh and angry. I've not always been the best dad. And there's times where I've been really harsh and angry. I've got my own share of forgiveness issues of where I've caused pain. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. And I've got my own share of pain that's been caused to me as well. You see, everybody in this room, the one thing we have in common is that we've got forgiveness issues. Well, the second thing is this. There's nothing normal about forgiveness. There's not, there's not anything normal about Like we're talking about radically normal forgiveness. In our flesh, there's nothing normal in forgiveness. So in my flesh... If someone does something wrong to me, guess what I want to do? I want to poke them in the eye. 
I do. I had this friend of mine who, uh, when he had this phrase that, that he, he, when somebody did something to him, you know what he would say about him? I hope their dog dies. That's awful, isn't it? But that's what he'd say. So I hope their dog dies. I'm like, no, you don't mean that. Yeah, I do. Hope their dog dies. Now you say, oh, and everything like that. But the truth is, that is our immediate response when somebody does something to us. We don't say, I hope their dog dies. But you know what we say? Hope they get theirs. I got, I'm done with them. Got no use for them. They've, they've wronged me the last time. You see, Peter said, how often should I forgive someone seven times? And see, in that culture, the, the, the rule was three. You forgave someone three, three times. That's where we got baseball, three strikes. I'm just kidding, we didn't, but anyways. <laughs> you got three strikes. And so Peter, in, in, in his uh, wisdom, he's thinking, well, I'm going to impress Jesus. I'm going to do three times two, and I'm going to add one, make it the magic Bible number, because every time the answer is Jesus in the Bible, Peter knew that seven was a magical number. He said, how about seven times? Uh-huh. How about that, Jesus? And a lot of times, that's what we think. We've all got a forgiveness threshold. I'll forgive you three times. I may even do three times two plus one. I may do seven. I've got this threshold. Because forgiveness really isn't normal. What's normal is that if you hurt me, I hurt you. You hurt me. Listen, you hurt one of my family members. Let someone say something or do something to your kid. Tell me that your natural response is, let me, let me, let me, let me call them up so I can forgive them. It's really, let me call them up so I can bless them out. When I was little, I was 10 years old. My parents got divorced and I was playing baseball. I was playing little league and my parents didn't come to the game. It's just a different culture back then. You rode your bike everywhere. I rode my bike a couple miles to the game, and um, my dad was living somewhere else, and my mom was working, so I had to go by myself. Well, anyway, this one game, I showed up late. I woke up late. It was my deal. I mean, I was 10 years old, guys. Rode my bike to the game, and I got there. Man, the coach just chewed me out. I was 10 years old. Chewed me out. Ah, we should have been there. Look, for years when I thought about that guy, I wanted to punch him in the face. I'm serious. That's what I felt like. I, I, why, like you know my parents are divorced. You know my parents are... Why are, you, why are you jumping down my throat? We all have moments of hurt in our past that the normal thing in our flesh is not forgiveness. It's, it's bitterness. It's, it's payback. Peter says, how often should I forgive? Seven times. Jesus says... No, not seven times, but 70 times seven. I know some of you are going, oh, okay, 490. I'm, I'm keeping count. That wasn't Jesus' point. Jesus' point, he introduces this concept of radically normal forgiveness that you just forgive people and you keep forgiving. That The threshold is unlimited. Now that's crazy. And in Jesus' day, when Jesus told this story, I'm telling you, when he told this story, that these people's mouths dropped. When he said not just seven, but 70 times seven, 409, Jesus says, you keep forgiving. That Jesus gives us this supernatural ability to forgive even when we don't want to. We just got to be willing to do it.
And a lot of times we're not. A lot of times we won't. Often we say, I can't because the hurt is too great. The track record is too long. The betrayal is still fresh. And so when we talk about forgiveness, it's very, very difficult. Well, how do we get there? Like if that's the case, if, if you and I are, are, are supposed to have radical forgiveness, how do we get there when our flesh says no? How do you get there? First is this. You and I have been forgiven much, but we often forgive so little. Now, I loved, you know, Jesus is, Jesus is Jesus, but he's the master storyteller. People who don't even believe in Jesus will say that Jesus is, he's, he's the greatest storyteller that ever, that ever lived. That he would tell stories. He could, he could throw out a story and they're going, he's the son of God. I get all that, but I'm telling you, he's an incredible storyteller. So Peter says, how often should I forgive? Seven times. Jesus says, no, 70 times seven. And then he whips out this story. Boom, here it goes. And here's the cool part about the story. You and I are the main characters in the story. We are the main characters in this story. You ought to feel good about yourself that Jesus thought about you so long ago. Well, here's the story. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with his servants who had borrowed money from him. Now, Jesus is talking about God being the king, and you and I are the servants. In the process, one of the debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. Now, it says in this translation, millions of dollars. Most scholars think that it was about $2.4 million. In that day, an incredible amount of money. In our day, an incredible amount of money. But in that day, an unbelievable amount of money. $2.4 million thousands of years ago. This guy owes $2.4 million. He couldn't pay his master, so he ordered... So his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. This is what they did back then. If you owed a debt and you couldn't pay, then you sold yourself, your family became slaves until the debt was paid off. But the debt was so much, it was never going to be paid off. That Jesus tells the story, and everybody there immediately knows that this guy's going to be a slave the rest of his life. He could never pay this debt. Never going to be able to pay it. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I'll pay it all. Then the master was filled with pity for him and released him and forgave his debt. And if you're in that culture in that day, their mouths drop right here. Are you kidding me? Paid that debt. Just forgave it. $2.4 million. You and I are that man. You and I have a debt that we cannot pay. You can't pay it. That you and I have sinned against God. The scriptures say that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The scriptures say there's no one good. See, we consider ourselves good people, and I always challenge this with you. We think we're good. We, we clean up. We look nice. We sing songs. There. Great. Keep doing it. But the truth is, we're not good. We're not. We're sinful. That if you and I are honest, day in and day out, 
through how we think, what we say, what we do, we sin. Look, me as well. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Don't want to be, but I'm right there with you. And we have this debt that we cannot pay. I can't work hard enough. I can't do enough good works. I'm not going to be smart enough. There's no way out of this. It's unpayable. And yet, Jesus says this debt can be forgiven. And if they stop the story right here, man, people are yeah, that's a great story. Kind of like when I do a short sermon. Yeah. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. Now, they think this was 5,000. The first debt was 2.4 million. The second debt was 5,000. This guy's been forgiven of 2.4 million dollars. Wouldn't you get on the phone and call you? You'd post that on Facebook, wouldn't you? Whoa! <laughs> and he meets a guy who owes him 5,000 dollars. It's a debt but nowhere near $2.4 million. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged him for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. Now, sometimes we talk about numbers and 2.4 million, 5,000. $5,000 in quarters. Just to give you, just, to, just a, a picture of the weight. Is around 250 pounds. $5,000 in quarters is around 250 pounds. $2.4 million in quarters weighs over 120,000 pounds. Listen, you and I have been forgiven. You and I carried a weight that we could not carry. We were not going to get out of it. And so many times, the people who have been forgiven much do not forgive much. We hold grudges. We become bitter. We say, I've got this threshold. I cannot forgive. You and I wrong God daily. Yet when we meet people who have wronged us, the response that we give is anger, resentment, bitterness, and grudges. Look, I'm telling you, I'm there. I know it. I understand it. Too often... The people of God who have been forgiven much forgive little. Now, even as I'm talking, I know that you've got to be thinking about times, circumstances, situations, people that have hurt you. And you, you might be sitting there today going, Gary, you have no idea what's been done to me. I'm going to tell you, I don't have any idea. I have none. I would not be surprised if some terrible things did not happen to you. We're done to you. We're said to you. Yet, because we have been forgiven, God's calling us to forgive. 
Now, forgiveness is a process. It's not a one-shot deal, something you have to work on. I've told you that early on in our marriage, early on in my parenting, I, I, there, were, there were moments where I was just angry. Angry because of the way I was brought up. Angry because of what, the way my dad treated me. He came to faith later in life. But I'm just telling you, like I was angry. And, and look, I've caused my kids some hurt. Caused my wife some hurt. And the only way out of that is forgiveness. It's just the only way. And here's the thing. If you've hurt someone, you need to ask for their forgiveness. You do. But here's the thing. If you've been hurt, even if they don't ask, hear me on this. Because you've been forgiven, this debt you can't pay, we ought to forgive. When we moved into our house, we had a gravel driveway at first. Anyway, I, 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 I got it asphalted I, years ago. I paid a guy to asphalt it. And the guy was a Christian guy. Uh, and, and Anyway, it, it didn't go out the way I wanted it to go. The job wasn't done well. Right after I had the driveway poured, it was cracking. He didn't put it, he didn't do it right. They didn't grade it right, whatever. Anyway, and I called him up and said, hey, I need you to come out. Never would come out. And I called him up and said, hey, I thought you were a Christian. Never would, he never fixed it. So I'd sit on my porch for years. This went on. Every time I looked at that driveway, I hoped his dog died. You know what I'm saying? I didn't really. I was mad though. I was, I was, I was frustrated. And at some point, I was sitting on the porch one day. I came and said, I got to let this go. Because it's hurting me that I can't look outside my yard. Because every time I do, I think about this guy and it puts me in a sour mood. Is everybody with me on this? Yeah. That forgiveness is as much for you as it is for them. That God's called us to forgive because what happens is that you can't move forward either. You're stuck. You're simply stuck and you're waiting on them to say or do and they may or they may not. But you guess what? Because we've been forgiven, Christ is calling us to forgive because it's a better way to live. And so now I sit on my front porch and the driveway's all busted up and everything like that. But guess what? I'm good with it. It just is what it is. Not everything's going to be perfect in this world. But let me say this. I don't think bad about the guy anymore. I'm not going to do business with him again. That business is business. Everybody with me on this? Doesn't mean I have to keep doing it over and over again. That's, that's codependency and insanity. But I can think good thoughts about him. If I were to see him, I could shake his hand and I wish him well. Now I'm going to personalize this a little bit more. Years ago, we had a guy in the church that was caught in a sin. And he came to me and he wanted help. And this is one of the low lights of my pastor. Because I felt like he wasn't 100% truthful, I didn't help him as much as I could have. I felt so bad about this for a while, I didn't know what to do. So finally I wrote him a letter. Apologized, asked him to forgive me. He called me up. So let's go to lunch. So I got to ask for his forgiveness face to face. And he asked for mine because he said, I, I was lying to you. Didn't justify what I did, didn't justify what he did. Now here's the sad part. He doesn't go to Eastridge anymore. But here's the good part. 
we see each other in town. I hug the guy. We're friends. We're never always going to get it right. We're always going to have these hurts and these bruises. The response is not to forgive less. The response is to forgive more because we've been forgiven. Let's look at the last one. This is how you do it. Radically normal forgiveness remembers. It remembers the debt that has been paid. It remembers that they, that we have been forgiven. Forgiven people forgive. I'm telling you, people who remember they've been forgiven, they forgive. The story goes on and Jesus is telling it. And Jesus, as he always does, he pushes, pushes, pushes the envelope to the very end. He says, when some of the other servants saw this, they saw that the, the, the guy who had been forgiven much would not forgive a little. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. And then the king called the man who had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? Man, that's a powerful statement right there. That if we truly believe that God's been merciful to us, then man, we ought to be full of mercy. Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his debt, his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Now forgiveness is a process. It's not a one-shot deal. It's not instantaneous. It's something we're working on. But radically normal forgiveness remembers the debt. That's why I love that we take communion every week. Because when I take communion, I come face to face with the fact that I'm sinful. And I take the bread, and I take the juice, and I remember what Christ did for me. When you've been wronged, whatever hurt you have, remember that Christ has forgiven you, and he's calling you to forgive others. This week, someone asked me how I processed my relationship with my dad, what has helped me, and, and, and processed through my anger issues and everything. One of the things that helped me was celebrate recovery. Thursday nights at 7 o'clock, they do a great job of helping you sort through a lot of these hurts, habits, and hang-ups. I want to close with a couple of scriptures here because Jesus makes a statement here that I think sometimes we forget. He ties our forgiveness with our forgiving others. I want you to hear me on this. Jesus is saying that if you're not willing to forgive, then you've never understood that you've been forgiven. You don't get to just be forgiven and then not forgive others. Is everybody with me on this? This is where it gets hard. This is where everybody goes, well, I don't know about that. This is, I'm telling you. I'll say it again. You don't just get to be forgiven and go on about your merry way. You're forgiven so that you, for, you can forgive others. I'm going to read you four scriptures about forgiveness. The first is from 
Luke 23. Luke 23, 36. I'm sorry, 14. No, I was right, 34. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm struggling, my. When I get teared up, I don't see good. But I can read this part. Jesus is on the cross. Hear me, man, listen to this. He's on the cross. He's about to, like, he's, he's about to go. He's been beaten, tortured. He looks at the crowd, and listen, he says it to you today. Hear me. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Whatever you've done, listen to me, Jesus forgives you. Walk in that today. Walk in it. He forgives you. He accepts you. He is for you. Matthew 6. If you forgive those who sin against you, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. Jesus ties our forgiveness that if you truly believe that you've been forgiven, then you're going to forgive others. If not, then you're not, and it, you never really got it. You never understood it. Luke 7. The woman comes to Jesus and anoints him. She's a prostitute. Hold on one second, y'all. I'm sorry. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, Jesus says, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has so, shown me much love. Listen to this part, man, listen to it. Don't miss it. But a person who has been forgiven little only shows a little love. But if you think you're a good person and God just kind of just cleaned you up a little bit and then he polished you, man, you, you've missed it. You and I have been forgiven much. And so we should forgive much. It's a process. Look, I know it's, I can preach it. It's a lot easier to preach than it is to do. But this is the call. It's radically normal forgiveness. That man, it's radical. That I'm for, willing to forgive. Someone hurt me instead of punching them in the face. I'm wanting to forgive them because Christ has forgiven me. That he didn't count all the things that I've done in my life against me. And all of my words, my actions, my thoughts. He didn't count them against me. And he calls me to forgive. And then here's the last one. James writes... There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you've been merciful, God will be merciful when He judges you. I don't know about you, but that's what I'm looking for. I need God's mercy. I don't get it right. Not half the time, I don't get it. I try, I want to. God's working on me. But I need His mercy. But listen to me. I can't just take it like it's a, a, a bottle and put a cork on it. I've got to be a funnel of God's mercy. That He's been merciful. I'm going to be merciful. That other people aren't going to get it right. And they're going to wrong me along the way. And I'm going to wrong other people. 
And there's a whole world out there. Man, they're looking for mercy. They're looking for supernatural forgiveness. They lay awake at night wondering, man, why am I this way? Who can help me? They've hurt people. And we, we, we get this opportunity to show them forgiveness, to show them mercy. And so, man, radically forgive. I want to pray for you. Father, we come to you. Lord, just this, is, this subject is so heavy at times. And as I said, it seems like as we get older, we just have this pile sometimes of, of just wrongs and hurts and, and bruises. And just we've had things done and experiences, Lord, that just can make us bitter. Lord, help us to forgive. God, I pray for the person here today that's never understood that you forgive them, that you forgave them on the cross, that Jesus paid and forgave us, canceled our debt, past, present, and future by his dying on the cross. Lord, I pray for the person or persons here today that they're, they're dealing with an incredible amount of hurt. So much so that they're wondering if they can forgive. If they can forgive again. Lord, I pray that you would help us to forgive. Whether someone asked for it, where they don't, that we'll just simply forgive because you've forgiven us. And then, Lord, I pray for us today, and this is all of us in the room, I pray for all of us, that we would seek others' forgiveness. We know the people we've hurt, that we wouldn't try to um, be defensive. We wouldn't try to cover it up. We wouldn't try to act like nothing happened. But, Lord, we would, you, you have laid on our hearts sometimes. You do this through your Holy Spirit. You lay on our hearts just the wrongs and, that we've caused people. Maybe it's through our words actions. Lord, help us to just offer and ask for forgiveness. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.